Just a heads up, listeners, we will be spoiling everything from Star Wars The Last Jedi. We have not yet seen The Rise of Skywalker, so no spoilers there. But if you haven't seen The Last Jedi and you don't want to be spoiled, go watch that first and then listen to this podcast. Enjoy. Do you take this woman to watch movies? And do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife Watches. We're we're back. We're watching. We're the wives who watch. I'm the wife who watches. Cut this out. This is a podcast where I show my wife movies, some that she's missed that I feel like are of cinematic and cultural significance. Right now, we've been watching all the Star Wars movies leading up to the release tomorrow night of The Rise of Skywalker. Tonight, we will be watching... Star Wars Return of the Jedi. That is absolutely wrong. The... Oh, my gosh. Star Wars. The Last Jedi. Oh. Are you excited to be done? No. I'm excited. I'm, um... Just like any good vacation, I'm ready to I'm ready to end it. Yeah, it's time to come home. It's unpack. time to come home. Yeah, you've been living out of your suitcase for too long. Exactly. Yeah. The year is 2017. The top song of the year is Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. I'm in love with the shape of you. Does that, does that song mean 2017 to you? Actually, yeah, because that's when his album comes out. <laughs> Donald Trump is president. Oh. This was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. He's the writer-director of, of Looper and Knives, Knives Out. Out. By the way, if you haven't seen that movie, go see it. It's fantastic. Yeah. He also directed a couple episodes of Breaking Bad, and one of the best oh. episodes of Breaking Bad, actually. That's, I'm, that's interesting. Yep. J.J. Abrams opted to not return to direct this movie after finishing The Force Awakens because of the quick production timeline. They were kind of churning these out back-to-back a little bit. Yeah. It features the first posthumous film performance by Carrie Fisher. Sure. Who died the year before but had completed all of her filming. And the movie is dedicated in her memory. That's, that's really beautiful. This movie, it's especially interesting to watch it because um, going into it, I was very curious how they were going to handle whatever arc they had ready for her character. And if they would change it at all. Because she wouldn't be around for episode nine. So would they try to wrap up her character story in this movie? I don't know. We'll see. You'll find out. I will find out soon enough. This was released on December 15th, 2017. It grossed over $1.3 billion worldwide. It received positive reviews from critics. I'm sorry, $1.3 billion? Yeah. The film received positive reviews from critics. It was praised for the cast, the score, the visual effects, action sequences, and the emotional weight. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has 91% from the critic score. Wow. Star Wars The Last Jedi honors the saga's rich legacy while adding some surprising twists and delivering all the emotion-rich action fans could hope for. However, certain fan and audience responses were very very mixed, and it turned out to be incredibly divisive. The Rotten Tomatoes user rating is 43%. Wow. Dissatisfied fans saw the film as either too progressive, or they disliked its humor, plot, or specific character arcs, or they felt betrayed that it ignored certain fan theories. 
Like what? I kind of told you about how there was just tons of speculation on... Who Ray's family was. Or who is Snoke. What is his ties to the larger story? Right. What is going on with Luke? Why did Luke leave? It's kind of told a little bit of why he went into hiding. Because something went down with Kylo Ren, and he went. Why did he leave? Because they don't actually answer that in The Force Awakens. But I'm going to find out. Yes. I'm excited. This is like... So, like, I knew what The Force Awakens was going to be. I don't. I have no idea what this is going to be. The Last Jedi. And The Last Jedi is very divisive, so I'll be interested to see what you think about yeah. the story and the reasons why people didn't like it. Okay. This whole time, we um, have had a tradition where we go get some caffeine from Sonic before we settle in to watch. Sometimes we have popcorn, but we do go get a drink every single time. Yeah. So we invite you to do the same. Go get a drink. Settle in. Settle in. Make some popcorn if you need it. And here we go. Sonic, if you want to sponsor us, you know where to reach us. You have our phone number. Yep. We give it to you every time we come through the drive-thru. Wife Watches, brought to you by Sonic. Service with the speed of sound. <laughs> Courtney, what movie did we just finish? Star Wars, The Last Jedi. This is actually the first one that we have recorded immediately following the movie. Is it? Yeah, all the other ones we waited like at least the next day. The next day, the soonest I feel like. Wow. So these should it's be fresh. Yeah, fresh. Some fresh takes. Yeah. What happened in the movie? And I do have little nuggets I'm gonna throw in okay. as we go. So try to try as best you can to kind of keep to the main outline of the movie, but okay. Again, understand. I'm gonna need some help. There was a lot and that happened. And you know, you come out of the movie, you're still processing. I get it. Okay, so it starts out with Poe trying to get in touch and talk to what's that guy's name? <sighs> General Hux. Hux. The First Order is trying to blow up the Rebellion and the Rebellion. There's a lot of stalling in this movie. Is that what hap- is that what Poe's doing at the beginning? He's kind of stalling a little bit. Yeah, so they, can, so they, they can get off the planet in time. A whole bunch of stuff happens where they're just... I thought that part was so cool. Yeah, where they have the bombers. Yeah. I think a lot of people actually have some beef with that sequence. Why? It was so cool. Um, Sorry, <laughs> why? It was so cool. They so some of the criticism is that they think some some of the jokes are a bit too jokey. They it was I did feel like this was like a, a sillier version than, than the other ones like, we've seen. One of the darkest, one of like truly the darkest. I agree, there are a lot of jokes in this, but I kind of don't think it's. Some people I don't think, think it's, it's like wild, like outrageously different than the others. But I did think I it was really like either. But some people do. Here's how I felt. I feel like the jokes matched the tone of 2017. But I guess the question is, should it? Should it in a a Star Wars movie that's yeah? Because they set. all do. Some people also had beef with how the bombers worked because oh. they technically dropped bombs and in space. I don't know. I personally... Oh, oh, that is garbage. That is complete, utter garbage. Because, like, there's so much other stuff that happens in space. I'm doing air quotes. I'm doing space quotes. Well, this is kind of my... I've had a lot of... In the in two years since it's come out, I've had a lot of conversations with some people about this movie. Okay. Usually my counter to that is, now we're going to start 
keeping this, holding this to the standard of real world physics. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. There's and technically, so much... the, technically, they're still in the gravitational pull of the planet they're still in. So gravity sure. would still... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sure. It's a pretty cool sequence. I agree with you. And the execution of... Her name's Paige, Rose's sister. Yeah. That whole sequence of her falling, trying to catch the thing. I was just going to say, this movie is some of the best cinematography and framing of all the Star Wars movies. I felt emotion immediately when she is trying to get the bombs to, or the thing to drop so she can drop the bombs. Yes. I immediately I was like I like emotionally invested. Yeah. Which might be different for you but has not happened for me for any of the other ones. I mean, I've been I've been, like become emotionally invested as the movie progressed each uh-huh. movie. I had a dog in the fight. Oh, that's good. I actually feel like for most of them Maybe minus the prequels, I'm pretty well engaged from the beginning. There's someone that you're kind of like, I'm rooting for this person. But no, no, I, I agree. That's It really does a good job to establish that. Yeah. And something I do like about this movie, and some people don't like, I like how they're always kind of within harm's reach. Yes. Some people don't really like how they're so slowly outrunning each other. Well, I wonder, I, I get that. But like, from my point of view, as I've just watched all of these very much in the last like couple weeks mm-hmm. it's so nice to see that again and i always go back to that one scene in r2 they're like going up the elevator shaft you know oh and there's just you don't feel any, just like, there's no what? there's no actual sense of danger yeah, for any no, of the characters it's just, they're just like winning that's also a problem you have with a prequel movie anyway where you know which characters will live and die yeah that's true but yeah no i, I agree finn wakes up and um, you see Ray on that planet with Luke, <clears throat> and she she hands him his lightsaber and he throws it off a cliff. And I'm sure all audiences were just like, kind of just like, oh my gosh. I know some people were very upset about that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, because you know they leave you on that that scene at the end of the Force Awakens was basically a cliffhanger. You didn't know what was going to happen from that point for two years. And then that's how you follow up on it. You're going to see, as we discussed this, a lot of Ryan Johnson subverting expectations, which some fans enjoyed, other fans did not enjoy. Okay. And this would be a prime example of that. Can I mention, though, that some people think that it's kind of played for laughs, him throwing it over the shoulder? But when I watched it, I kind of didn't take it as like like an actual gag. No. I thought it was dramatic, but I... I took it more of like a serious, like, why is he doing that? Why is yeah. he acting this way? Yeah. I didn't think it was like a, like, oh, that's hilarious. I took it as kind of, no, I did not take it as a guy either. I took it as kind of like, he's got more going on. It being Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Yeah. But in this one, he throws it off a cliff like nothing happened. And it's just, so, something's going on something, inside of him. Something bad happened. Something bigger. He's in than a like, weird mindset than where I thought he had been. Yes. Yeah. I think we're really in line with a lot of the stuff that we think about this movie. And I just want to let all the listeners out there know that I did nothing prior to this to persuade you to feel good about this movie. You knew that I liked it a lot. Yeah. But I also knew that a lot of people hated it. And and some of the movies I've liked and moments I've liked, you haven't. True. Yeah. So... You, you I, I feel like anything. I haven't like leaned you a certain way on this. No, you haven't told me anything. Okay. So she kind of watches like his daily stuff and like asks him to come back with her and mm-hmm. they're going to go back to Leia and help them and they need help and he's the only hope and whatever. So I, I did think that part was interesting. I loved the scary fish in the water. That was really His creepy. daily routine is hilarious to me. He, I, I love that in his seclusion... <laughs> He's just gone insane. 
and he's forgotten how to be a person. Yeah. He's just sucking down milk. sucking down that green milk right from the teat <laughs> and gives her a look like, what? Do you want some? What are you going to do? Yeah. And then the huge fish he throws over his neck. For a second, it gave me kind of like ridiculous prequel vibes. I wondered in that moment, like, I wonder if this is why people hate it. Because it's just like, what? <laughs> like, what is happening? Can I also mention during those sequences, there's a lot of Rey's theme playing and a lot of the Jedi Steps music playing, which I don't think I mentioned in the Force Awakens episode, even though we talked about so much. (laughs) I love that music, and it's my favorite. Those two themes and tunes are my favorite that have come from this sequel trilogy. I love it. They're they're great music. Shout out John Williams. (laughs) Friend of the the podcast, future guest (laughs) of a podcast, John Williams. So she kind of does her thing again. She trains for herself. She, like... Trains with her staff and like... She finds those books in that Yes, cave. and he comes over... And that kind of clues him in of like... What, who okay. are you? Yeah. So he comes over to the cave and he's like asking who she is. And she tells him basically the same thing over again. Leia sent me... At this point for me, I am hanging on every word that might give some kind of hint to who her parents are. Because sure. I did kind of think that speculation was dumb but only because i thought the answer would be dumb i was still very interested in what they were going to do with this reveal interesting so when he's saying who are you you kind of like wait does he know does he know her is something going to come from this scene so he kind of asks who she is Mm -hmm. i was not on your same level um he tells her oh you weren't you haven't been obsessed with this franchise and these characters for 30 years (laughs) no but like i i didn't (laughs) no but i didn't think about i wasn't thinking about them okay yeah related or anything so he tells her who kylo ren is and what happened and he says which i thought that shot was really interesting where you kind of see what happens because all you see is like him standing over someone and then kylo ren's hand coming up and then everything falling down and then the building's blowing up and Mm -hmm. you know whatever and so i immediately thought like there's something weird there i they are not like panning out i love that scene actually really he kind of comes around to finally being like, okay, I'll, I'll give you some lessons of why the Jedi oh, yeah. Order is going to end because he mm-hmm. has a connection with R2-D2. And I really, I really cherish these little moments where they, about they have these characters meet up. And they're so satisfying in both this and The Force Awakens. I love that scene with R2-D2. And he shows the, like, the hologram of Princess Leia from the first Star Wars, which is such a sweet throwback. But also is a lot more emotional or a lot has a lot more weight knowing that Carrie Fisher's gone. So he t- he tells her he's going to give her lessons. Mm-hmm. Three lessons. And she does the hand thing and he plays a little joke on her. Then he teaches her kind of like how to more like to better use her powers. And she's very powerful. And yeah, it freaks him out because she goes to she she like kind of crawls in on the dark side and kind of is like what's what's that about? You, earlier when you were talking about her conversation with Luke and how he's revealing kind of not all not the whole story but he's revealing what happened with him and Kylo Ren. I just love that scene and the idea of where he's coming from. It's such a great way to tie all the other storylines and the other movies together because he's saying if you look at the history of the Jedi throughout these movies, we they keep screwing up. And it's because of the Jedi that Palpatine happened and that Darth Vader happened. They're arrogant. They're such hubris. And I love the lessons that he gives. They're, they're so interesting. Another reason why I love that scene, though, when they have that conversation is you get a little a peek into his um, psychology, I guess, and where he's been in the last 30 years. And a lot of people are, this is something that has really upset them about Luke's arc. But 
I love that he kind of got high on his own like legend. I, in my own arrogance, I like bought into my own legend. And he says it like with such contempt. He's like, because I was Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master. A legend. Mark Hamill is really, really good in this movie. His performance is kind of iffy in some of the original trilogy, but he just nails it in this. So interesting to me that he, where that's such a great character arc for him, just this grizzled, disillusioned, bittered old man. It was nothing that I expected, and I yeah, loved that. Especially when, like, once you find out what really happened. Yeah. You see the same scene, the same flashback, yeah. three different times. Okay, so when's the first time she sees um, Kylo Ren through the it's, Force? It's pretty early on when she first gets to that island. Okay. And they start having these Force conversations. Yeah. People... Which I thought... So cool. I love that. People, um, they've been called force timing. That's one of my favorite aspects of this movie. And I love, we kind of talked in the last podcast about how all the movies, they kind of, sometimes they really expand on what the, you can, what abilities you can do. And I love that idea that you can just have this one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah. Well, it's such a great, it's such a great story device to have them communicate and like have, those scenes are so fascinating. Yeah. And while I was watching it the first time, I was, I kept trying to play this chess game with the movie of who is she going to be? Is she going to be Kylo Ren's sister? Maybe a cousin? Are they like love interests? And so I kept trying to read like, what is the movie? That is so interesting. What, what dynamic of them is the movie trying to give me? Like there's a little bit of a romance, but it could also could be read as like familial, just like bonding, just like two lost souls looking for a connection. Yeah. And watching them slowly like gain each other's trust through their, each other's loneliness over yeah. the course of a couple scenes. Yeah, that's great. Their relationship is the best thing that came out of this movie. I never... I, I, I thought maybe they'd be love interest, but then I was like, I don't know. And I'll, I'll talk about that later. I want to tell you this. To increase the scene's intimacy between the two of them, um, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley were both present when filming each other's force scenes. Oh, so they were probably looking... Directly. So Adam Driver was on set with her on that island and vice versa so that they would... They, Oh, be more authentic and the way they kind of screwed around with the sound what they did was like they turned down all of the exterior I sound that. and just had the two of them like the volume the audio of the two of them speaking so uh, it felt like you were just the two of them and the rest of the world was drowned out yeah it was a great effect yeah i love that yeah so yeah she has these conversations with him that are very intimate She's she, talking to him. Yeah, she's she's telling him after the fact of like what happened when she went down yeah. into her own uh, version of the cave on Dagobah that Luke goes into. What's the purpose of that? Is that just to? It's kind of like find like a spiritual journey. Okay. Yeah, because Luke's was facing himself and realizing that I guess he could he has the potential to become like Darth Vader because when he fights Darth Vader in his own, oh, yeah. the head sure. comes off and it's his face. Mm -hmm. So this is like her internal struggle is who is my family and like cling, clinging to that. And Luke even confronts her when she first sees it in her vision. He's like, you just went right for it because you thought it would give you answers. You didn't even care that it was good or bad. So I thought that was interesting when it's just her. I knew it wasn't going to be like Luke Skywalker. No, when she's looking in the reflection, you thought it was just going to be her reflection. Yeah. I didn't. When you see the two figures walking... I remember in the theater sitting forward and being like, okay, who is it? Like, what, what's like, what's going it? to happen? Yeah. And then they slowly get into one and it's her. And yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, they keep stringing me along. 
Um, I liked that. I did think at one point, I was like, maybe she just doesn't have a family. Like, maybe she doesn't remember a family. She just remembers, like, feeling abandoned. Maybe she, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Hands. Oh, yeah, they touch hands. Which I was like, what is going to happen? I know. And then Luke comes in. You know, you know when he walks in, he's like, no, and blows up the hut? Yeah. Did you know that was a practical effect? No. They actually, like, blew it back behind him. Wow, that's why it looks so crazy. Yeah. Wow. And then that's when, because Kylo Ren has already told her his version of. Yes, what he happened. tells her. He tells her that Luke tried to kill Mur- him, murder him. Yeah. Yeah. Was afraid of his power. Yes, which is sort of true, but not the full truth. So she kind of confronts Luke. She's talking to him. And she's like, I know, I can feel his like confliction. He's conflicted. I can change him. Whatever. Luke's like, don't do that. Don't go there. She basically asks him, "Are you, well, are you going to come with me? And he doesn't say anything. And she's like, okay. So okay, then she leaves. Here. Yeah. I also just, this is just like a little side note. The Chewy and the Tiny Birds thing was funny one time. And then I just was like, gotta get the birds out. I don't care about the birds. I also, they're called porgs. The part where he, he roasts one and the other ones look all sad. Yeah. It's already dead. Yeah, so fine. Eat, eat it. Yeah. Yeah, you're fine eating it. There's so much going on, we don't need that. And that's basically the only thing Chewie has going for him the whole time. There's not a lot that happens for him. Which is, what else is gonna, you know, like he's always with Han. Anything that happened to him was in relation to something happening to Han Solo. So we just really didn't need Chewie in this one, but. I think he'll have a bit more to do in the next one, but I'm not sure. Who, Who knows? Who knows? So seeing the third flashback, fuller picture of everything, I thought it was really interesting of Luke being like, yeah, you know, I... Yes. I yes. did try to... I had for a second to kill... Like, a thought to kill him. And then it passed, but... The writing is fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Not all the all parts, but in these scenes in particular, when he said... It passed like a fleeting shadow. And I was left with shame. And with consequence. And I love that he completely admits to, like, I failed you. Yeah. Like, I failed him. That's, oh, yeah. like, a very powerful... I, I don't know. That's, like, a very powerful way to come off of your... Like, you were talking about his um, arrogance. His he, ego. Yeah, he had he was, he was had a huge <laughs> ego after, like, he was a, he was the legend that saved the, like, saved the galaxy. Yeah. And then his shame drove him into, like, this seclusion. Which I think is very... Uh, is also very relatable. Mm-hmm. And... Like, it, it makes such an interesting character for that person to be like, I I screwed this up. Like I agree. And the whole thing with, like, how she, um, not Daisy, um, Ray's point where she's like, she's like, you didn't, you didn't give him a chance to, like, you saw something in him, and then you didn't give him a chance to, like, be the other thing. Just kind of like, that's like the, the quote at the end of Jojo Rabbit where they're talking about, like, no thought is final kind yeah. of thing. That's kind of the same idea that I think is very interesting. Well, and I think it ultimately makes uh, Kylo Ren a much more sympathetic figure where it, it is said in the movie that he had already basically turned to the dark side mm-hmm. and that's what Luke saw in him, but Luke kind of pushed him over the edge. Yeah, He's, which is also relatable, right? Yes. And so some of it Luke feels responsible for and maybe if he hadn't done that, there, you know what I mean? Like it's more complicated than just him being like, I guess I'm evil now because uh-huh. he felt betrayed and there's a great line where he's like, And the last thing I saw 
with the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him. It's so much more complicated than The Force Awakens, where he's just like, I want to be just like my grandfather. Yeah, and just kind of like anger all the time. Yeah, and that's not... It adds so much more depth to him. Yeah. Adam Driver is, is so, so good, good. Especially in this movie. Yeah. He has his face. I remember just ranting about how great he was before you watched any of these. <laughs> and I could just tell you didn't... You were just like, I don't really care. I, I've always loved Adam Driver. No, but I mean like, I just, I could tell you, I'm like, she doesn't get it. There's she, something she has different to in this see, one. She has to see, because he, like, in his face, you can just see every emotion at play. Yeah. And just his lips quiver so much, and like, he just has little ticks where you can tell that something's getting under his skin. Yeah. And he's just, his one toe stub away from just losing it. <laughs> always. He's just like barely holding it together. Yeah. And I like that, because there was a lot of... I felt, and other people felt some criticism in the end of The Force Awakens, that he was so easily beaten by Rey. And I like that they kind of turn it into, early on when he's talking to Snoke, and Snoke is like, you were you were beaten by a girl who never held a lightsaber. And it was because your soul was so torn in half by killing your dad. Like, like you, you're still not like 100% bought into this team. Yeah. That like just even like tore your soul in half even more well and that kind of i like that that kind of answers the criticism of ray just being good at everything yeah that he was dealing with all this emotional baggage and he was yeah. off his well game. and you can tell too at the beginning we didn't talk about this but when he's about to yeah when he has has his sight set on leia yeah that part and he pulled his thumb goes off that he doesn't do it yeah that part really I started to kind of get a little weepy. It's sad. <laughs> well, because they just... It's so weird how they both have kind of faces. I, I think like Le, I think Leia's is kind of like... You feel so connected to it because it's, you know, it's Princess Leia, it's Carrie Fisher, and you, you feel like a connection there. But like with him, you kind of... You feel their connection. Mm-hmm. In, you're right, in their faces and like in the emotion that they... That's... Or at least he does. I, I see that in him more, and I don't know if it's like I'm seeing it in her just because I've, I'm connected to her like throughout the movies. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Did you think she was dead? I had a little bit of a problem with this. Go on. Because that part was Kylo Ren's in his ship, and he's about to... They've tracked them by now. They're like, they keep going to light speed, and they, they've tracked the ship that the rebels are on. He puts his, he's got his finger on the button, you know, mm-hmm. and he has the opportunity to shoot her and they have this like connection through the force and he takes his finger off the button and then somebody else comes in and shoots the ship and she and uh, Admiral Akbar and all sorts of other people are um, ripped out of the ship. Kind of an unceremonious death for Admiral Akbar. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Well, that part was sad because as I was sitting there, I was like, oh, this is how Leia dies. Oh, makes perfect sense. She's got nothing else to do in the movie. Here she goes, you know, like, and it was, it was sad. It was like a really sad way for her to go, but it also made sense and I didn't need to see her anymore. So when she suddenly wakes up in space and this is where it's like, Okay, are we, are we really going to talk about like what's actually happening in space? Like You could argue she's a, a, this she's is, technically an alien, so we don't know what Exactly. This is a different universe. Yeah. So we don't, we have no idea what the like space rules are. <laughs> and she kind of like her <clears throat> her joints start kind of moving and she starts suddenly using the force to fly to the ship. And then she goes into a coma. There is a pretty loud group of the fans who hate that scene. 
They call it the Mary Poppins scene. Oh, sure. <laughs> Something I wonder is if they didn't want her to go out that way. Well, she'd already filmed the rest of the movie, so probably doesn't matter. And they already had like written it like that. But I wonder if they didn't want her to go out like because that because she actually died. Yeah, that's a pr- that's a pretty compelling reason to be like. And when and when she did get sucked out and was, I thought I was like, oh, because I knew I knew I'd seen her in other shots and from the trailers. But in my mind, I'm like. Oh, no, maybe they kind of removed those scenes and this is how, because oh, sure. I don't know how else you wrap up her story neatly. And maybe this is like as neat as an end as you can get. But yeah, and then it is also kind of like, oh, that's, you almost don't like that it's ending like for her because... It's like an irreverent way to die, when especially when she's... Exactly. She's a really beloved character and she's a beloved actress as well. Also, all, all true things. So then we have purple-haired Laura Dern. Yes, Vice Admiral... Holdo. Oh, oh, I hated Laura Dern in this movie. I think Laura Dern, you know what she's really good in is Big Little Lies, which you haven't seen. She's so good in that. She's good in Jurassic Park. She's good in so many things, but this just like was not her place. Miscast. Yes. It reminded, listening to her when she kind of steps up when you first see her and she's giving what's supposed to be sort of a rousing speech, Mm -hmm. I was reminded of some of the speeches that Jennifer Lawrence gives in The Hunger Games. Oh, sure. And I'm like, this is not the right part for you. Do you not think the right part for Jennifer Lawrence was Katniss Everdeen? No. I think she's very miscast for that. Who would you have cast? Someone very different. And she's also miscast as Mystique in the X-Men films for the same reason. Oh. It's just not, she's not believable in those roles. And she has a delivery and a type of, I don't know. Did you read The Hunger Games? Mm Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence, she's good in other things. And she trips and she eats pizza and the celebrities are just like I, us. I could not be more more perfectly matched to my husband right now. Courtney, it, celebrities are just like us. I, I hate hey, Jennifer no, listen, Lawrence. I've tripped. I like pizza. I know. Look, I, they're, I, hey, they're real people. I have hated her for years. For How, years. She's so relatable though. Oh, she gosh. tripped up the steps. It's adorable. She's okay. Do you think that she's was such a spitfire? Do you think that that was real or fake? Either way, it was so random. <laughs> I'm like, man, she's so quirky. Do you think that was real or fake? I think it was fake. All I know 100%. is, all I know is, I've tripped before, and that's where I'm like, Jennifer Lawrence is my spirit animal. We've lost several people to this. Do you think she likes this... tacos? I love tacos. Oh. And dogs. Doggo! <laughs> I I cannot I cannot stand her. So you, um, no love for Holdo. No, she was completely wrong. You kind of want to like her, but you're just like, oh, I can't. I can't. You're like, great that you did whatever you did, which we'll get to. There's also a line that she has that I really hate. Which one? When Poe is knocked out and she's he's being brought onto the ship after all the drama has happened, and she to Leia says, that one's a troublemaker. Oh, I like him. Oh, yeah. That is a... I can't even define what exactly trope that is, but that's in so many movies, right? Yeah. I'm like, no, you don't. This guy just had caused mutiny and almost killed a lot of people. Yeah. You particular should be, like, court-martialing him? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah. that's dumb. You don't like him. Even if you're fine with what he did, you're not like, <laughs> I respect him. I'm like, no, you don't. Okay? Yeah. I, I hate... That's... Did you hate, Did you dislike her in this part? I think she's miscast. I like the idea of that character. Her not telling Poe what the plan is makes no sense. And it's one of those things where if you would have just communicated better, 
a lot of the red herrings and side quests in this movie wouldn't exist. Yeah. If you could just have one throwaway line where she's like, look, I couldn't tell you because we didn't know how the First Order was tracking us and we thought there might have been a spy. So I couldn't tell everyone what, what, what the real plan was. There's, It's not dumb that she didn't tell him. Yeah. I feel like that solves a lot of the problems. Yeah. I, I know this is kind of stupid and like petty, but I had a really big problem with her purple look. Purple hair. Her, her purple hair, but like she was dressed so different than the rest of the rebellion. I guess she wasn't dressed much different than Princess Leia. But she she was, there was just like, there, there was honestly, I thought of the capital in Hunger Games. That's, it was like she was kind of from like a different story where you're just like, this does not match. And like her being miscast, mm-hmm. it all came together, which it just was like, you're not a person that I trust or like in this scenario. And, and I can't find a way to trust or like you. Oscar Isaac is so charismatic and you've already bought, have a lot of goodwill with that character from The Force yes. Awakens. You need her to play it with more nuance. Otherwise, you just are, you're supposed to kind of agree with her to some respect and you don't. Yeah. Like for that character to work and not just be like, this is stupid. What is her problem? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, yes. I agree. There's a lot of issues with that. Yeah. So that was probably, that was probably my biggest problem with the whole movie. I couldn't, I could not like that character. Well, let's talk a little bit about that little, that, that plot line, I guess. Right as Leia goes into a coma. Finn tries to escape. Yes, Finn tries to escape. You meet Rose. Rose is like, I have to stun you because he's trying to go get away so that Ray can track him to mm-hmm. a different place and they can be safe and run away together because he's so in love with her. They both, through just conversation, figure out how the First Order is probably tracking them. Yes. They meet up with Poe and they're like, hey, this is our plan. We got to get in there somehow. Yeah, they get out of there. and With BB-8. I will say something I really, one of my least favorite parts about this movie is the very brief conversation they have with Maz Kanata. Oh, yeah. It does not need to happen whatsoever. Also, it doesn't... They're like, hey, we need help. And she's like, look, I wish I could help you, but I'm in the middle of this, what, like... Like, civil... Union? Yeah. Like, there's a strike? Yeah. I'm like, hey, we're dying here. Yeah. Just have her be like, I don't know how to do this, but I know someone who can help you. She's like, of course I can do it. But listen... But I'm busy. I'm like, really, well, we're gonna die... Because you're busy. So they go to that other planet that she's kind of familiar with. Is it assumed that she was like one of those little kids? Um, kind no. of enslaved? So the, yeah, they're going Canto Bite is the name of the casino planet. Well, because Maz is like, go talk to the guy with the lapel who is Justin... Thoreau. Thoreau. Yeah. I almost said Trudeau. <laughs> That'd be even better. <laughs> Small cameo. No, Rose is not from that planet, but she okay. talks about how... <clears throat> She came from a similar situation where people were kind of taking advantage of economically her situation on her home. And so this is a planet of all these rich people who are arms dealers. We see the casino. We see the fancy people. We find Justin Thoreau. They're like, that's him. He says a few words, doll face to, you know, whatever. They get captured and thrown into jail where they meet the thief. But I just want to talk about this first. They 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 needed to get there because they needed to meet Benicio del Toro. Right? Like that was the point. Well, they're trying to get to Justin Thoreau. I know. But, but like in up, in the in the plot. Coincidentally, yeah, they they pick up Benicio why del Toro. Why is Justin Thoreau in this movie? I don't know. It's so weird. Can I tell you uh I can't remember where I heard this, but this is like a year a year ago that I heard this. Someone was like, you know who the Codebreaker should have been that they go to try to find? Lando Calrissian. Oh, sure. 
and then have Lando, but then they still get apprehended. But like that would have been a cooler cameo yes. is having yes. Lando. It, I hate when movies do this. Because it takes you out of the movie. Yes. It's like, but it's so annoying because yeah. that's, it's not a movie where you're like, Star Wars, I feel like I've learned <laughs> that you, all you care about is like the Star Wars universe when you're watching Star Wars. And so the gags have to be like within Star Why would I care about Justin Thoreau in a Star Wars yeah, movie? Yeah. It's reminding you that it's like, oh. That it's... Daniel Craig one was fine because it wasn't actually Daniel Craig. I mean, it was. But like, it you, actually you have to Daniel be, Craig. it's kind of, yeah, it's not in your face. Right. It just And was... even like Laura Dern being in it isn't bad because it's like, well, she's being a character. Right. It, he was being The joke is that it's, it's Justin, Justin Thoreau. Thoreau. I yeah, I agree. It's ridiculous. It's so and it's it just like oh it takes you out of the movie and you're like, why are they here? Lando Calrazine would have been really good. Yeah, that would have been like a like a fun movie. He's still nod. alive? He's in the next one. They oh. got him back. I don't know how much he's in it. But, oh cool. Yeah. Um, so they get put in jail with this like pickpockety thiefy guy who I'll say it, is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> he might be my least favorite character in this oh, movie. Oh, I think he's so interesting because he's just such a wild card. I, it's like the stutter. Oh, you didn't like it? It's I like it. It's too much. It's too much. I did it's, not feel that way. What, what a... I do not agree with that choice. He's clearly like... I, I thought he was so interesting. I thought that character was very interesting. A character that like we don't... We've never seen in Star Wars before. Who is like... Like everyone is either black well, or white for the I, most part. I will say you've seen characters like him. Where they're just out for themselves. But what's yeah. different about him is he stays true to that. Yeah. And yeah. it's fun because it, sometimes you kind of think like, oh... They want him like now he's yeah the part where he's like got the thing and he gives he gives her necklace back yeah and you're like oh he's a good guy after all but no yeah. he sells him out for to save himself he he kills a lot of people and and something I like <laughs> gets is, a lot of people killed is when he's like look he's like you win today they win tomorrow whatever and yeah. Finn's like you're wrong and he just looks at him he shrugs he's like maybe that's what I loved about him I'll give you that it was just so that was the best that was the the best part of him but I mean was like those last like uh, 10 seconds me lift whatever I, I, did, I, I that was I fine to me I don't know what why he's made those decisions I don't know what he's thinking why anyone <laughs> thought this was a good idea because he's a wild card <laughs> I think that's great you like him what did you think about the sequence when they ride the horses not my favorite it's never good in a movie when you kind of think like how far are we into this? What time? I remember the first time seeing that being like, this. We've, we're, we're staying on this planet a bit long. We already passed the guy we're supposed to meet. And these were the elements of the movie that I felt were too, I'll just say prequely. I mean, there's like this totally CGI guy keeps trying to put the slots in BBA. Oh, yeah. The Fothiers, whatever they're called, are all CG. I have a fix for this. I think it's important to spend some time on that planet because you need to meet those kids for the last scene to work, which we'll talk about. Oh, sure. But when DJ, Benicia Del Toro's character, picks the lock, they should just go with him, sneak out, run into the kids, and they're going to sound the alarm, and they that's when they have the interaction with the kids, but then get out that way. Skip that whole stuff. The movie's already two and a half hours long. Well, but the point was that she wanted to kind of tear up the town, right? Yeah, but... Oh, I actually have something to say about that character anyway. Okay. I think you could cut her out entirely. Rose? Yeah. Aside from... You know, there's a lot of fans that I think would be happy about that. Would, ag- would agree. She just doesn't do anything that Finn couldn't do himself. She's just excess. Like to have, not a need to have. I oscillate between 
being fine with her and disliking her throughout, oh, interesting. throughout the movie. Why do you dislike her? When Finn, when they're on Crate, that's the salt planet. Oh, yeah. And Finn is going right for that cannon. You think he's going to die. I thought he was. Oh, and I, I totally w- thought he was And I was like, die. this is perfect. This this is how he completes his arc. It's I'm sad to see him go because like I like that character and I like yeah. John Boyega. He's been running from the First Order this whole time and is kind of a deserter, kind of, and just this... like self-interested. And now he's like, no, I'm sacrificing my life. And it's such a good completion to his arc. Mm-hmm. And then she just stops him. Well, and then she's like... We she says the, the dumbest we... line yeah. in the movie. Yeah. That's how we're going to win. Not fighting what we hate. Saving what we love. That's great, but um, they're shooting yeah. they're shooting a laser to kill the things we love right now, right behind us. But they shoot the laser, it blows up the door, and that's like as if fireworks for her kiss. And I was just like, what is oh, wow. this? I that's, it's my least I, favorite I part of the movie. Fine with her pushing him out of the way, but she should have died right there, in my opinion. If she's gonna exist, then she probably just needs to exist so that Finn doesn't have to die. She doesn't need to give him a kiss. She doesn't need to tell him she loves no. him. That was like so Forced. completely ridiculous. Yes. The Canto Bite stuff is the weakest part of the movie. Yes. That should be trimmed because the movie's already two and a half hours. And you kind of feel it towards the end. I'm still so invested in what's happening, but I'm like, this movie's going long. We could have lose some fat in the middle. Yoda shows up. I was, I was fine with that because he didn't look like CGI Yoda. He looked like regular Yoda. He... He is a puppet. Yeah. I thought at first he looks a little wonky. Like there's something a little off He looks off a little him. different, yeah. I um, personally related to that whole entire part. I loved it. I would say it's the thesis of the movie. Yeah. All the characters are like Luke, Ray, Kylo Ren, Poe, Finn. They're all dealing with failure and how to process failure. And it is a little on the nose to basically say the thesis of the movie like that uh-huh. well and like how many things in your life are you do, do you like i feel like you kind of learn the same thing like over and over again in your life just like just like throughout the books that kind of like yeah like you've been very rigid and like that was good for you up until this point but just like you don't need it anymore the thing and i think about this thinking as like especially as you get older and like have kids and like that kind of that weighty responsibility and him being like yeah you're supposed to pass on these good things but like pass on you can, it's okay to pass on failure and how to grow from that. Mm-hmm. And that great line at the end where he says, We are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. And it was just, I love that shot at the very end of Luke and Yoda, the back of them with like the fire, the tree burning. Because it's like, that's great that he got to do another scene with Yoda. Yeah, so that part, and then you're like, oh, something's going to happen with Luke. But I like that you don't get to see that until very Well, end. a part of you is kind of like, they could leave this here and pick up this thread in another movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so. The big, the biggest stuff. Where you leaned over to me and you're like, okay, a bunch of really exciting stuff is going to happen. Was that was that a good tease? Yeah. But, and I said back to you that I was truly locked in. This was the only one that I was, like, locked in. What? The storytelling was so... I don't know. It was just so good. I have a theory. What? I think it's because I feel like you probably... I feel like you probably really liked the original trilogy. Uh-huh. I did. But I kind of think just how it's aged might have pulled you out of it a bit. Maybe, and yeah. the prequels have look better and move quicker, but the storytelling's awful. And I feel like 
this was maybe the perfect marriage of the two. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also just think there was something, the whole series is really poetic, but there was something about this that was just like, I don't know. I just, I just like related to it on like a very personal level. One of my biggest criticisms with The Force Awakens was, I feel like around two thirds, I kind of guessed what the rest of the movie was. And this movie pulled the rug from out from under me so many times. And I know that's not the only reason to like a movie, but I loved the twists as well. Yeah. And like what they meant thematically. They were fantastic. Kylo Ren takes Rey, delivers her to Supreme Leader Snoke. Yeah. Which is one of probably my favorite parts of the movie. Um, Kylo Ren takes Rey to... Snoke. Snoke. That part is really scary. I really love the guards. They're so cool looking. They do some weird stuff. Great designs. You're like, the way they move. They're a little twitchy. Yeah, they're a little twitchy. She talks to Snoke for a while. He basically tells her he's going to kill her and that she can't, that he's already seen that Kylo Ren will, I mean, it kind of leads up to this, but he's like, all right, Kylo, you're going to kill him. And he's been the one that, he's been the one manipulating the force conversations. He's been the one doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's there and he's like, okay. And he basically delivers her back to Kylo Ren and gives him, you know, he's like, I saw, I saw that you're going to destroy your greatest enemy. Yes. I see him turning the lightsaber to strike true. And now, foolish child, he ignites it and kills his true enemy. I think they reveal it a split second too soon. I kind of wish you would have seen the lightsaber turning more in the background and not had a right up close up of its turning. The Force Awakens was such a re, uh, such a kind of a step by step following of the New Hope, you know. I was like, okay, Snoke's the emperor of this trilogy, I guess, and he's they're gonna have a big confrontation with him in the third one. So when that was happening, I'm like, what are they doing? And then mm. he just turns it on and shoots right through him. I I could not believe that they killed him in this. Oh, really? I was positive he was going to be saved for another movie. Yeah, I could see that. And I have watched... <laughs> this is the scene I've watched the most from this movie. It's because it's genuinely so good. The execution. You see the the blue light up reflected on his face and his just look of complete shock. And then he looks down and then the shot is framed with Snoke in the background, Kylo Ren in the foreground, his waist, and Ray at like head level to where the camera is. Uh-huh. And you see Kylo Ren's hand, and he just flicks his fingers... Lights. Oh no no sorry. Oh yeah. Ray's oh, yeah. out of the frame. Lightsaber just poof, moves, and then Ray's hand just hand shoots up right on the the hammer of the force theme, and then a beat later, Snoke's body just like so like just crumples to the ground. So irreverently. Yes. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> it was so good. It's so good. And then she looks at him and you just see the red light up on him and you hear his lightsaber. And then when they go back to back and the, all the guards oh. are coming at him. I, I have chills right now just talking about it. It's so good. It's, it, it was one of the best, purest cinematic experiences of my life. Honestly. And that's that's why people who hate this movie 
like I get it and a lot of the criticisms I agree but for me it will always be special because it was such a pure moment for me in a theater where I was completely locked in so surprised and just I could not believe what I was seeing on the screen yeah. I loved it it, it is was so good so cool it is and then you're just like what is gonna happen like I there's know. all of these layers like and I was like is he gonna just die by like one of these guards in like such a lame way but like totally redeem himself because that's kind of what happens to Darth Vader yeah he dies kind of just like and, and totally and, redeems himself well and you could argue that his purpose had been fulfilled so he could technically be expendable in that moment yeah during that fight yeah I think that might be my favorite fight in the series wow only because it has such good cor- it, it's an exciting fight on its own I think it. I think it's definitely my. There's such saying. emotional weight in yes. what's happening. Yes. It's the, like the Darth Maul duel in Phantom Menace is the best choreography wise. The fights with Vader and Luke in the original trilogy have such emotional weight behind them. Yeah. And this is again like the perfect marriage of the two, where I love the choreography, but there's also it's there's, so there's, cathartic. There's also just this like Ray does not know what's going on. Okay, like we're going, and they're just like. Well, and when when he turns on the lightsaber and kills Snoke. It like drops her because she's she's suddenly like released from him, and mm-hmm. she looks up in disbelief at him. Yeah, and she has Daisy really has such a good yell. Yeah, there's a there's a one part where she's gearing up for one of the guys just one on one. Yeah, I know exactly. This, what you're talking it's like about. a primal yell. Uh-huh. Where you're just like, oh my gosh, and ah, uh, there's so many good moments in yeah. that, like the guy falling into like the wood chipper. Oh yeah, <laughs> shoots him up. When she Very when cool. she throws lightsaber to him and he just turns it on right in the guy's face behind him that's like yeah. got him in the headlock. Yeah, that that part is fantastic. But it Which, doesn't it doesn't let up. No, it doesn't. I don't think I can say it's my absolute favorite scene of the movie. It's like my favorite. I and I'm not like emotionally tied to like action wow. in it. I told that. you, good action. Yeah. Stays with you if there's emotional weight behind it. Yeah. It's such a great set they're on. So much yeah. the oh, reds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Red's in this movie. Oh, my gosh. He's just like... There's that very emotional scene after they've kind of defeated everyone where he's like, rule with me. And she's like, ah, don't do this. Like, we can't do this. But you can also see, like, in her face, there's so much... She's There's so much conflict because also she knows, I think, that if she denies him it's just makes her life so much harder and well, makes... i think she probably feels a little disillusioned by like the the institutions that have failed kylo ren as well yes the same way that i kind of talked about how there's like a meta narrative around the force awakens about how these people are like grew up with the star wars myths yeah some people have beef with this movie of like what it's trying to say meta textually yeah and i think it's summed up when he's like it's time to let old things die snoke Skywalker, the Sith, the Jedi, the Rebels, let it all die. I think some people rightly think this is like a criticism of The Force Awakens by being like, we're not going to be tied to fan service and just hitting the same beats of the original trilogy. Like, let the past die, we're moving on into something new. And I, I really like, I, I really appreciate that part of that aspect of this movie and him being like, with start our own thing we can't just be beholden to what's come before us like and he reveals who Ray's parents are junkers nobody's worthless junkers you know he's kind of negging her yeah like gaslighting her a little bit yeah yeah totally he's totally gaslighting her um what did you think of that reveal that her parents were no one I knew she was alone somehow I didn't think it was gonna be 
anyone spectacular. I was almost certain she was going to be related to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because I didn't think they'd go a Skywalker route. Also, you know that Force vision she has in The Force Awakens when she touches Luke's lightsaber? There's a very, At the very end, you hear a voice say, these are your first steps. And they brought Ewan McGregor in to record those lines. Oh. So I was like, they're building a connection between Obi-Wan. I think that's what they're doing. Well, maybe they will. Maybe he was lying. I'm, I'm nervous they're going to retcon this in the next one. That'd be interesting. I, I wouldn't... I would hate it. I, I would be fine with that. Here's what I like about this. I think thematically, it is so much more interesting if she comes from nothing. If she comes from nothing, but she is the hero because of her choices juxtaposed to Kylo Ren, who had all of the hero privileges. He had, like, the mighty Skywalker blood. That's what they say in this movie. Uh He should be the one to be the hero of the day. Like, it's all set up for him, and he rejected it. I think that the the contrast between their two paths... Damn it, that's good. Thematically, is so much richer. Yeah. Because I've always hated when... In the Star Wars movies, when they try to inject, like, destiny talk. Uh I hate that. I want... Luke Skywalker originally was just... A, a no one like a no one farmer who gets swept up in this and becomes a hero I feel like that is so much more relatable and like you can connect to that storyline so much more if she's nothing and becomes something through herself and through her choices and his choices screwed him up I love that aspect and uh-huh. I, I hope they don't yeah I hope they don't reverse that because I think that's really beautiful can I can I read you one thing yeah. this is what Ryan Johnson said about Kylo Ren killing Snoke he said Kylo's arc in this movie besides his relationship with Rey I saw as the big arc for Kylo breaking down this kind of unstable foundation that he's on and then building him to where by the end of the film, he's no longer just a Vader wannabe. He's stepped into his own as a kind of quote unquote villain, but a complicated villain that you understand. So with that in mind, the idea that Kylo would get to that place by the end of it led me to think, well, then what is Snoke's place at the end? And does that work with him just kneeling before Snoke at the end? No. If Kylo's, if Kylo's got to get to a place of actual power, the ultimate expression of that would be him ascending beyond his master. Good. One more amazing scene right after this, like wham, bam, bam. Something that fans have derisively called the Holdo maneuver. Honestly, I was kind of like, sure, yeah, let her die. <laughs> you know, I was okay, kind of yeah, like, yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, we need we need a way for them to get away. So yeah, go ahead. I she's just she's a throwaway character. I don't care about her. Uh, part of me is kind of bummed that you didn't get to see that in the theater. Oh, because it's really cool. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I did jump when it was like, because it goes boom. silent and then it's like. Vi- and visually seeing that such a big screen of just like all the different yeah. angles of it just ripping through that ship. Yeah, that, that would have been cool. Uh, it kind of bugs me that she gets to be the hero. <laughs> Captain Phasma shows up again is just kind of another. That's the chrome, chrome dome. Yeah. That part. She's kind I of a worthless character in both movies. They could have just. I thought it was interesting, though, when you see her eye. Oh, yeah. And she's like, you'll always be scum. And Finn's like, rebel scum. Did you like how General Hux shows up in Snoke's room? He's like, what happened? And also when he sees Kylo Ren knocked out for a second, he goes to reach for his blaster. Oh, like, yeah, that was fantastic. And then he wakes up and he just... He's like, oh, like uh, hey, buddy. I actually, I was I was very hard on um, Donald Gleason. You're coming around. I'm coming around just I, because he's kind of just like... You're just like, all right, you're, you don't mean anything to anyone. Like, you're just... And I, I think maybe why I wasn't so hard on him, because I, I knew that I like the dynamic they have. I hope they continue it into this next one. Yeah. He's just kind of like a peon. He's such a weasel. Yeah. Okay, they get down to create the, the spice planet. Another visually very distinctive... Spice planet. Or sorry, salt. There's salt. Salt planet. 
What a great invention visually. It looked fantastic. Oh, everywhere they go in every Star Wars movie, even the prequels. Like, you're oh, just... I think the prequels have some really inventive places. Yeah, you're just so... You're like, oh, where are they going to go next? I know, it's cool. You know, like, yeah. it's so interesting. It's so cool, which turns out to be very important. So they get to, they get to the planet. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in hiding. They know that the First Order's coming. Um, Ray has escaped from Kylo Ren. Yeah, Chewie got her. I guess that's something that Chewie does. He shows up at the end and draws all the TIE fighters away. That's a great moment. And Poe's like, or Finn's like, man, they hate that ship. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. And Kylo Ren's like, that piece of garbage or whatever he oh, yeah. says. Oh, I love that part because he's, he's that. He grown up in that ship. Yeah. She was like, blast that piece of junk out of the sky. Yeah. He's just so unhinged toward the end and everything's just setting him off. Yeah. Everything's everything's triggering him emotionally that he's seeing. Which is so different than like Anakin Skywalker. When Vader's so measured, having yes. this erratic, like emotionally unstable yes. character is really interesting. It is. So they're like they're basically they're in their little bunker or whatever, and they're like, um, nobody's coming. We're alone. We've like sent out a distress call and nobody people have heard it, but they're not coming. We're alone. We're gonna die. And then Luke walks in and has like a little moment with with uh, Leia, which I thought was really sweet. I thought so too. I love that. And yeah. I like his little when C three PO just says Master oh. Luke and he winks at him. Oh, melted my heart. I one hundred percent. It was so good. <laughs> it's so, really so good. Yeah. Yeah. So he go he walks out. It's a great callback to earlier in the movie when Ray's like, "We need you to help us. We need you to come." And he's like, "What do you think was going to happen?" That you were going to come get me. I'm going to stand by myself and face down the entire First Order. Yeah. Literally what he does. Uh-huh. This is my favorite part from now until the end of all of the Star Wars movies <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> I've seen them all now. Yeah, you have. Wow. Yeah. What walk a day walk for us me. through it. So he walks out to face the First Order. Huge ATAT like okay, Kylo Ren's ship. ship. And. He's just like, I want every single gun we have on, oh, he says on him. he's so measured, too. Oh, he's so pissed off. Want- and it does. And it explodes in, like, giant red. Every They're just shooting just at him for, like, 35 earth. seconds. Yeah. yeah. Everything stops. And he Skywalker walks out of the, the red dust. Oh, and he just, that, that little shoulder flick. Some people don't like that, but I actually do. Well, that's what you would do in that situation. Well, everything is he is doing is trying to get under Kylo Ren's skin. Yeah. So the ship comes down because he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go face him. He gets out, walks toward him, has this little conversation with him. I, I, he makes a step, and it's just like drags it. Yeah, and it's just like red blood. It's just, it's like, oh, it's so like poetic, and I particularly love when he's like. No. Strike me down in anger and I'll always be with you. Just like your father. In your in our own lives, like that's something that is true. Like you strike someone down in hate yeah, and it I, just stays with you. How many times have I been like, I guess <laughs> I won't murder someone because it's going to stay with me. No, but like the more you like spend time like hating people or like Focusing on how much you hate them, the more they're with you. Yeah. And then he busts out his lightsaber. Rushes like at an him. idiot. Rushes at him. Goes right through him. 
He's very, Kylo Ren's very confused. What is, I also want to know what is going through your head at this point. I wondered if he was already dead. I thought of Obi-Wan Kenobi when Darth Vader. And he just. He just disappears. disappears. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if that's going to happen. Then it's just going to be a force ghost the rest of the time. I thought, I thought for sure when he cuts through him, he disappeared and turned into a ghost. Yeah. So when he turns around, he's still standing there. I'm like, what? It's confusing. Yeah. You realize that he's been meditating with the force and it's so, it's destroying him. So you got fooled. Yeah. I was definitely fooled. Me too. Very cool. So fun. And then Kylo Ren's just, Because he realizes, and even General Hux tells him, he's like, because he's like, we're going to stop. I'm going to face that guy. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, we got to keep pursuing them. Yeah. He fell for it. Yeah. Just like, just like the audience. Yeah. Do you know when you, you'll probably rewatch this movie because you really like it. Uh There's little things to clue you in that he is not there. Like what? And it's maddening knowing that they're there now of how I didn't see them. His footsteps do not drag anything. (gasps) Do never kick up any red. And it specifically shows his foot kind of move. And also, he has the blue lightsaber. I wondered that! I actually did not pick up on that until a couple repeat viewings. But the blue lightsaber was a three. And it was broken. It, yeah, snapped in half. Yeah. And there's like so many fun little things like when Poe was trying to figure out, he's like, well, the, the critters got out somehow. He's like, there must be a way out. How did Luke get in here? Oh. It's like he didn't get in there. Oh my gosh, he, I didn't even realize. Oh, so cool. I love it. <clears throat> So cool. Then the best, truly the best, most satisfying part of the movie, potentially of any I've ever... And I think of it was... any movie. I think like of any of these movies, because I've spent so much time with you, you love... I did, I did not know how you were going to react to this movie. I know, but you love that scene on Tatooine. Ta- ta- Tatooine? Yes. <laughs> I never know how to say it. Um, where Luke comes out and he's... I mean, it's you know. not just me, to be fair. That is sure, sure, sure. so iconic. Yeah. Where he's looking at the two The twin sons. sons. And he's just, like, dreaming of, like, leaving. And then the end. I just tears down my face. Did you look at me? I, you were crying, too. I, I didn't... I, you were tearing? I cried in that movie. I, I could I, hear you just kind of... I kept having a lot of, like, like yeah. getting choked up. And I uh-huh. wondered if you could, like, feel me kind of shaking at I certain could. points. Yeah. Could you feel me? Did you look at me? I wasn't sure if you were. I didn't, and I didn't want to ruin any of the moment yeah. by drawing attention to it. Yeah. I just wanted us to like. I just tears be in there. down my face. It's beautiful. Completely. It's, it's beautiful and it's satisfying and, and it just like closes all of the loops that you want closed. Like it's just the sun even kind of reflects a little bit weird. So there's like you see it twice. Yeah. The the theme is playing. Is that his theme or what? That's the force theme. Okay, that's playing, but it's the same one. It's yeah. It is absolutely spectacular, and his like robe just disappears. Floats away. Ray knows he's gone. Leia knows he's gone. It's. I know. It was the most perfect scene, maybe I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I know. That's amazing. It was. It was incredible. Wow. I know. Great. I, I like very strongly connected to it. Final scene in the movie, something I also love. Uh, what people have called the broom boy. Oh, sure. That That's actually, I think, the part where I probably cried the most when I first saw it. Because it just so perfectly completes Luke's arc within this movie of being this shameful, like he's so sh- ashamed, he's dejected, and he's in his solitude. He's like, I'm not a hero. The, the, he's so disillusioned 
And then he's finally brought out of this and being like, I can be this hero. I can be something for this rebellion. And he mocks the idea of like, what I'm supposed to face the army by myself and be this like myth, this legend again. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens is his actions at the end of the movie create a new legend for generations to live up to in these stories that inspire them. And that was something where I personally felt connected because uh-huh. I was watching those little kids play with those toys and being like, and this is Luke Skywalker and this is when he's doing this. Yeah. I'm like, that is me as a little kid. Yeah. I think it also like sums up nicely that idea of Ray being coming from nothing is these little boys are just, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what a miserable life that they have in front of them, but there's something bigger waiting out for them. Cause I, did you see when little boy is, walks out he kind of like pulls the broom uh-huh. to him yeah and then he sees the ship above him and then he kind of holds up the broom so it sort of looks like a lightsaber yeah while that and he plays. has the resistance on his ring and just the idea that i just so many great thematic ideas of it just was... you can rise from nothing and become a hero uh your actions can inspire people and so you don't be disillusioned and don't think that your legacy is for nothing because you can inspire people you'll never meet to do better things. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful ending. And it really just spoke to me because I was like, I have been honestly that little boy. Yeah. Just being like in love with these stories. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I love this movie. I know. It's not perfect. No. And there's so much I would change about it, but I, people, it's, the, it's my favorite one. People that hate the things that I love about it. I honestly, I just can't wrap my hand around. I, I just, I kind of, I just really don't get it. Can I share with you a couple tidbits yeah do we have time yeah a lot of people criticize some of this movie as it feels like and you even said this during this that this feels so different than the force awakens where some of the plot threads set up by the force awakens take such a dramatic different turn i like where a lot of them go and a lot of the changes that were made i agreed with anyway because i didn't care about snoke i thought ray shouldn't be related to anyone important and those were the changes that were made so it was like kind of suited perfectly for me but yeah I, I feel like this the trilogy in general wasn't planned pretty well. They were kind of, I think, kind of trying to rush to make them meet the two-year deadlines. So like Ryan Johnson was hired to write and direct the film while J.J. Abrams was still di- filming The Force Awakens, which Johnson himself said was pretty difficult. And even Kathleen Kennedy in 2015, she's the president of Lucasfilm, she said, we haven't mapped out every single detail of the sequel trilogy yet. And that Abrams was collaborating with Ryan Johnson of what could kind of happen in episode eight. And then with Colin Trevorrow, who was originally supposed to direct nine. So it, was, it honestly was kind of a mess and wasn't really mapped out oh, fascinating. To, its, to its detriment. And this is the movie where fans really started turning on the Disney Star Wars movies. This movie has a lot of hate, okay? Mm-hmm. People thought it was too progressive. A, a month or two after the movie... He just sat up in his chair. He's ready to go. You're going to hate this. Okay. A couple months after the movie was released... Some fans made a defeminized fan edit that cut the movie to 46 minutes. The roles of Ray, Leia, and Rose were dramatically reduced, and Holdo was cut entirely. Man, that's, that's so messed up. Um, the online bullying got so bad for Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose. What? People bull- She deleted her social media account. <gasps> People were so mean to her about Oh, about Rose. that makes me... Mm-hmm. What are... What... That's she thing. wasn't that bad. Like she wasn't. She wasn't bad. Her performance wasn't bad. She was just kind of an unnecessary character. Is the only thing. Can you imagine? I absolutely can't imagine. Don't you remember how people got 
with the Ghostbusters reboot with the all female yeah. cast. Oh yeah, people are people Assholes. are so shitty. I know. Like, there's fair criticisms, sure, but like, come on, like nothing, these are people. Nothing warrants. It's honestly any like sort of Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, who's come out recently and been like, you know, I con- contemplated suicide. Oh. Because of how much hate I got for that character. Oh my god. People need to like separate that these are. I love Ugh, movies. That makes me sick. People need to realize what these are and not like no be so hateful to people. Anyway, people disliked a lot of the humor in it, which you pointed out. They didn't like the Canto bite sequences, which I also agree. They disliked a lot of the character arcs, particularly Luke Skywalker. They didn't like. They felt that what he went through was untrue to the heroism that he had in Return of the Jedi. During production, Mark Hamill actually expressed that he was nervous with what the direction the character is being taken and he kind of spoke out about it and felt it was con- contradictory to like him his the character in previous movies but then he later said that he regretted making his misgivings public and he compared it to disagreements he had with george lucas when they were making return of the jedi him uh, and he, he and kylo ren are the best character arcs in that movie fan, I, yeah I, I, I agree uh, the, uh, fans also felt betrayed that it ignored their fan theories this is what i think is stupid Particularly the divisive was the reveal that Ray's parents were insignificant. Many fans expected her to be Luke's daughter or share a lineage with another character from the original trilogy. They were also angry that Snoke's character was underdeveloped and that Luke's actions contradicted his previous hero. What? Portrayal. Who cares about Snoke? Some people do. They wanted him to be Gen- to Darth Plagueis, Emperor Palpatine's master that he references in Revenge of that the Sith. That would have been so stupid. There was uh, a Remake the Last Jedi Twitter account. That was soliciting funds to remake The Last Jedi. Oh, jeez. They wanted... <laughs> the person or people behind the campaign were raising money for their project on their website, <laughs> uh, which means collecting names, addresses, and pledge amounts. So the AV Club, I was reading an article about this, where they, they were writing about this. Um, as of June 18, the fund had collected $33 million in pledges. Whoever was... <laughs> Whoever was running the Twitter account claimed that they had a team of producers ready to fund all $200 million to remake the movie. AV Club writes, But what about the fact that Disney and Lucasfilm, you know, own the rights to these characters and could sue anyone who made unauthorized Star Wars movies into the ground so long before it ever completed, let alone open in theaters? They wrote, From what we can tell, the dread pirate Kathleen Kennedy and her minions will have no choice but to approve the script coupled together from a bunch of emails once they behold the dazzling adequacy of its creation. This is an actual tweet from the Remake the Last Jedi account. We will be consulting with Star Wars fans directly throughout the writing of the remake of The Last Jedi, as the plan is to make the version of The Last Jedi that is as close to universally accepted as possible. You'll never please everyone, but at least it won't, wouldn't be blasphemy. In fact, <laughs> in fact, we want the writing team to be a diverse group of people that both loved and hated The Last Jedi. So we will have an inbox for story treatment submissions and actually hire people onto the writing team from what we receive. Oh, well, you should look into that. See if they're still doing the stu- see still if I want that, a job that project. The AV Club also said that they they also pledged ten thousand dollars because what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Favorite character. My ge- genuinely, I think the most likable, my favorite, is uh, is Finn. I really love Finn. I think he's just so... There's nothing cheesy or weird about him. He's just so... He's very earnest. Yes. He's very relatable in his problems that and he has. And he kind of like... Sometimes he makes kind of dumb decisions where you're like, what are you doing? You know? Like, I just, yeah. I really like that. I guess that... And even the bad decisions he makes, but... I feel like, are motivated at a place that's very relatable. Yes. Yeah. He's just a good kind of... He's a good person. He's like... 
I don't know. Who's yours? That's just funny because you said that DJ was your favorite character. I didn't. I said he's one of my favorite characters, but like he's one of my favorite like side characters. Yeah, I get it. I I thought he's like really interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, keep going. Need a lift? (laughs) I think my favorite character in this film was Kylo Ren. That's fair. He would be my second. Adam Driver. He's the best. Adam Driver is. He's. I'll say it. He's my favorite actor. He He took. He took the place of. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks has been my favorite actor for years. The Everyman. The Everyman. Martin Scorsese directed M. Driver in the movie Silence, and he said that he feels that he's the most gifted actor of his generation. Oh, man. I don't disagree. He's no, amazing he's in fantastic. This could have been such... You could have messed up this character so easily, and he just brings such gravitas and emotional weight to it. We're in the driver's seat. <laughs> We're in the driver's seat. Okay. Uh, worst character in this movie. Rose. Laura Dern. Vice Admiral Amalyn Holdo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Holdo. Yeah. My least favorite character is... DJ. Wow. Best moment. I think I know yours. But yeah. The homage to the binary sunset. Yeah. Mine was Snoke's... That just... That 20 second sequence of Snoke's... <laughs> and she... Her hand comes up. And then back to back. So good. Yeah. Okay. Right. Worst worst moment. Or least engaged in the movie. Um... I'm having a problem with the union. That part where Maz just like. I was interested in the casino planet for a minute or two. I'm fine with them staying there. Like, I'm fine with it being the movie, but cut it back. Once it hit Justin Thoreau, I was out. (laughs) Even the horse thing was better than the Justin Thoreau thing for me. That's actually my worst. My my least engage is when the horse thing. The thing I would change the most is her, how she saves Finn and that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Rose. You're in some of my least favorite parts of this movie. But we love you. Bring back your social media. We'll only give you love. She's just doing her job. I don't know what's wrong with people. I don't either. It sucks. Rank. uh, Let's rate the movie out of four stars. Oh, five. (laughs) I would. It was fantastic. Let's go over the silliest names really fast. Okay. I'll um, list them off. Okay. There's not a lot of new ones. Kylo Ren. Fine. Poe Dameron. Fine. Maz Kanata. Mm-hmm. Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> Stupid. Captain Phasma. <laughs> Which one's Captain Phasma? Chrome Dome. Oh, that one's pretty dumb. Oh, the little the the salt the salt pups. Oh. The crystal critters. He, that's just what he calls them. I don't know if that's what they're actually called. I'm sure that's what they're called because they've never been there. He just says he's like, "Where'd the crystal critters go?" I'm sure that's what they're called now because he calls them crystal critters. So that's the silliest name. Yeah, I think that's the dumbest name. Wow. We um, need to call. We need to. We need to start campaigning for salt pups, crystal salt pups. Well, um, that will be part of my uh, email submission into the re- remake of the Last Jedi. Where can people find us? Uh, people can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wife Watches. Just as a note, that Twitter handle is at Wife underscore Watches. Not wife watches. And you can shoot us an email at mywifewatchesmovies at gmail.com. I think this has been a great podcast. I'll go out and say it. I think it's been our best one. Really? I think so. We've been the most engaged. I was the most engaged in that movie. This was, I I, I, I loved this conversation. Can yeah. I tell you that? We've it talked for a long every, time. You're more in love with me I don't want you to look been. at what the time is quite yet because I think you might panic a little bit. Uh-oh. We've talked a lot longer than I thought we would. We've been talking very animatedly. We have. We've been very excited. Our There's a lot to go over. Might hate us for this. I don't care. Who cares? 
Alright, well, they're really gonna hate us now because let's roll through some sounds. <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> R2D2. <laughs> Ewoks. <laughs> BB8. <laughs> Do a porg. That's not bad. We're watching Rise of the Skywalker we tomorrow. We are. It's tomorrow. We gotta go get some sleep now because yes. we are not gonna get sleep tomorrow. Yeah, we will. Okay. We're, it doesn't start till 10.30. We're going to sleep but after I know. work. We got to go to bed, though. We're going to. Okay. All right. It's midnight. Watch you later. Watch you later.